Huh? It's your rig. It's your specs. Uh, my specs. Um, let me look it up real quick. Because uh, my buddy technically built it for me. Gotcha. Um, that was Brandon? No, that was Derek. Oh, cool. He did a pretty good job. I had the best computer for a while, and then Jacob decided to update his wasn't nice because I liked having the best computer. It was the newest one, so it had mm -hmm. better stuff. Um, see here. It's got an Intel Core i5. Okay. And then a big old radiator. Nice. Uh, oh, I'm using my phone. I was looking for my phone for the flashlight. Barely fit in the case. Nice. And then um. Got an MSI Z390A Pro motherboard. Okay. Um, 16 gigabytes of RAM. Got the Ripjaw V series. And then I got 500 gigabyte SSD. And I got a GeForce GTX 1660 6 gigabyte gaming OC video card. I remember when those things came out and they were just heat. Now we're in like the, what, 3000s? Yeah, well, I can't afford them. <laughs> Me either. No one really can. Then I do have a power supply in that thing. Really? Yeah. Oh, I know it's surprising. It thing has power. So anyway, I hit record a while ago. Oh, you did. I did. Oh, okay. yes. So um, it's been a while since um, okay. I made uh, Mitch Mitchell's moments episode. So we reintroduce everybody. I'm Mitchell Whip. I got a co-host on today. Ryan, want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Ryan. And what do you do? What do I do? Well, that's a good question. Um, I am a part-time associate pastor at my church, Living Hope Church in Pennsylvania. And um, for the other part of my time, I work with a place called Focus Behavioral Health, where I work with individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities nice i learned something new today nice yeah i haven't I have been there very long ryan so just a little over two months but i don't think i've talked to ryan in i think at least nine months now oh wow it's yeah. been a while yeah when i moved down to yankton i it was i don't know kind of quit talking about everybody because i met so many new people down here anyway and today we have a guest on never been on before so be nervous. Yeah. Anyway, I uh, want to introduce, introduce yourself. Yeah, my name is Jacob Olson, and I am a part-time uh, resident at Restore Church in Yankton. Um, and I also work part-time selling insurance for Farmers Insurance. Um, uh, residency includes, uh, I lead our youth ministry. I essentially do just about everything that Ryan would as an associate pastor. Uh, but I don't have the title, and they can work me like a slave. So, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Well, my can boss is also technically my dad. So. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. Oh, so you get to work for free? So you are part of a Catholic church then? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Priests don't have parents. <laughs> Or children. <laughs> I was going to say, what if they do spawn in? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> oh, that is not, that's, that's, maybe that's the subject parents. for the next episode is Dude, where I'd do love... priests really come from if they have no parents? Yeah. Um, 
But I learned something new about Jacob today. Did not know he sold insurance. So if I need farmer's insurance for my farm that I don't have, you I'll talk to your we actually, farm, Mitchell. We I, actually, I do. We actually don't sell that much farm insurance. It's more property casualty, auto, home, umbrella. Even though it's farming business. insurance? Well, no, it's farmers. Uh, oh. The company actually started insuring farm equipment. And the first vehicle that we... Um, that we insured was, I think, a 1927 uh, something. I can't remember the name of it. It had four wheels, though. It had four wheels. Is there a picture up on the wall somewhere? Yeah, there's actually a model in my boss. That's office. awesome. So, That's great. Yeah, we're we go we go hard there. Yeah. But, no, we sell property casualty. I sell insurance for uh, for your items, and I also sell insurance for salvation. But that's not selling. That's just freely giving. Yeah, because uh, we're not, not the Catholic Church. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to any Catholics listening. No, that uh, yeah. So um, today's subject, I will let Jacob introduce today because he came up with it and I okayed it. Yeah. So uh, today we're going to be talking about distractions uh, in the modern era, what that looks like in our faith, uh, and what it looked like uh, biblically, and uh, just. Maybe how to combat that a little bit as well. Just talking about that. I didn't really come up with like a a whole. Uh, I also didn't ask you to. Yeah. So. Uh, I had the time. <laughs> See, this this is not run off of planning ahead. Yeah. Um, I I set the schedule. And that's about it. But basically, it's about you know when we're walking through life, what distracts us from our spiritual needs. Sure. Yeah. And I suppose. Um. So yeah. Um. Let's get right into it. Sure, let's go. Ryan, any thoughts before we get going here? Um, well, not really. I'm just kind of along for the ride, so let's just jump right in. I'll let Jacob start it out, even though I didn't let him know he was doing that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, mainly how this all came up. Uh, you know, Mitch and I were just talking at CCF the other night, and uh, I just preached on Sunday about uh, Nehemiah over Nehemiah chapter 6, and in the story of Nehemiah, he's doing a good work. He realizes that in chapter 2. and um, uh, How it all starts is he's the cupbearer for King Artaxerxes of Persia. So if you don't know what a, bear, uh, a cupbearer is, is, they essentially bear the cup uh, to the king, the wine cup. It's a pretty... I know it's pretty complicated for you to wrap your head around, <laughs> Mitch, but... No, so it's because if someone were to poison the king, yes. they would die instead. Yes. So, so it's uh, really it's, high esteem position. It's a high esteem position. There's a lot of trust involved. Uh, some some of the uh, sort of nuances to it is uh, the the cupbearer or really anybody going in front of the king, it was illegal for them to look sad or to even feel sad or present any emotion that would sort of disrupt the king, uh, and so. In uh, 587 BC, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar ransacked Jerusalem. This is a prophecy that was prophesied, uh, you know, by Isaiah and Ezekiel and uh, those prophets during the first temple period, uh, during the the line of kings after Solomon that were all corrupt. So you'll read about that in First and Second Kings and First um, and Second Corinthians. Uh, but in 587. King Nebuchadnezzar uh, destroyed Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, destroyed the walls, burned the gates, everything like that. And then he methodically and strategically separated the people to better acclimate them to Babylonian culture. Well, Nehemiah sort of heard the plight of his people through his brother. His brother told him, hey, this is what's going on in Jerusalem right now. 
and Nehemiah did just it, it broke his heart and so he cried he wept and he prayed for about four months and so really he let this thing sort of work in him and and, and uh, inspire him and one day he was serving the king and the king noticed that he was sad so to most uh, you know, early century, first century Jews who'd be reading this, you know, around Jesus's era or even uh, after um, the completion of the temple, reading the, the work of Nehemiah, they would have been like, oh man, this guy just showed emotion to a king. He's about to die. Uh, but what's interesting is that uh, God sort of had some, some divine working in this king's heart because he said, what do you want? Not, I'm going to kill you, but but what do you want? And Nehemiah says, I want some time to go and to, to fix this. And he says, well, what do you need? The king says, what do you need? And Nehemiah lists out all the things that he needs. And so what we saw in that story was that Nehemiah let that thing break his heart. He prayed about it for months, and then he acted on that, and he made a plan. He he methodically planned and he carefully planned all the items that he would need, the wood, the supplies. And he's like, I need to talk. To, I need you, king, to talk to these people so that I can have the supplies to do that. And so the king allows him to go to Jerusalem. And uh, when he gets there, it's a little rough around the edges. And he starts to come uh, face to face with uh, opposition. And sort of the main point of the sermon series that we were in talking about Nehemiah was that as the work starts to go down, the opposition always shows up, right? As we begin a good work with the Lord, that opposition always shows up. So getting into the distractions bit of it, uh, there were these three guys. Uh, they were named uh, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem the Arab. And they saw this good work uh, in, in Nehemiah 6. It opens up with, and as they, uh, and when uh, I had completed the walls and, and they saw that there was no breach left in them, so no hole left in the walls, but the gates were opened, meaning there were no doors in the gates uh, that had been hung yet. Um, these three guys sent to him saying, hey, come meet with us in the, in the place of Hekepharim, in the plain of Ono, uh, and, so we can discuss this matter. And Nehemiah doesn't even get off the ladder right to meet with him he says no i'm going to complete this work and then they send to him four other times and on the fifth time that they sent to him uh they essentially fabricated a lie saying that he was going to rebel against the king and uh that he was doing this that he set up prophets in his in, in jerusalem and judah declaring that he was going to be king um but but he said he, it wasn't a lie he, or he said it was a lie it was a fabrication and it inspired him to kind of go forward and then on the on the 25th day of Eul, after 52 days of working on the wall, it was completed. Um, and that's sort of the, the, the story of, of that sort of section in, in, of those six chapters sort of broken down real fast. And so chapter six, uh, what we looked at were, were the distractions that were placed in Nehemiah's path. The first being distractions from the good work that, that God had called him to. And so from the previous chapters, his three enemies there, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, they, they wanted him to stop doing what he was doing so that he could go to them. They wanted to do him harm. They wanted to hurt him and, and probably kill him. Um, but he said, no, I'm not going to do that. And when they had lied and made a, a story about him to distract him from the good work, he sa still said no. And then uh, when they had a, a spy, essentially, his name was Shemaiah, 
he said, they're going to kill you tonight. Let's go in the temple and lock the doors. Nehemiah was like, no. What a man such as I should go into the temple and live. I won't do it. And he inspired the other people who were probably terrified at that point to to carry a tool in one hand and, and a weapon in the other just in case. And so uh, this is the biblical example of, of how, how we dealt with distractions, how Nehemiah dealt with distractions. Another good way, another good uh, person to look at is Jesus himself, right? Um, sorry, I'm just preaching right now. <laughs> Ryan, you got anything to, to Ryan, interject got, there got so far? I feel like I've been going off <laughs> for a No, minute. go ahead. Um, I'm actually interested to see you, like, I mean, forgive me if I missed it, but I assume like you're going somewhere like as far as like a main point, main takeaway. Yes, I think you're going for like a main big takeaway, correct? I don't know if that's the right wording. Uh, well, um, well, uh, really, um, sort of the the main takeaway here is that is that distractions. So I guess I can go through the three points. So like. Uh, when Nehemiah's enemies asked him to come meet, today we would have thought of that as an opportunity, right? Like, like Mitch, if, if someone was, was critiquing, like, uh, um, in the kitchen with Mitch or Mitch in the kitchen, whatever it is, <laughs> um, when they, if they were critiquing that and they, and they had some serious reservations about you doing it, but finally, they were like, "Hey, Mitch, I, I kind of want to meet about this and, and see what's see what see what it's all about. Maybe we can can discuss it." I would assume that you would think that, that would be an opportunity to do what? I I would take it as they want to help me out, and I would probably go to the meeting because I would assume that they have my best intentions in mind. Sure. So it it could be an opportunity for you to uh, convert your critics or further your brand or establish your influence really in that way. Right. But oftentimes what we think is an opportunity, God calls a distraction from uh, what he has called us to. Because so, instead of me staying and doing what I need to do, I'm off discussing on how it could be better, but probably in the long run won't, won't make it. Right. Right. And we, and we see this a lot with, with Christians. Um, like, I mean, even just like, as we were sort of giving each other jabs about, Catholicism, right? Uh, you yeah. know, sort of making fun of the faith, or, or like how Baptists view Pentecostals or Reformed views everybody. You know, whatever it el- whatever it is, like we sit down and we have these long, exuberant conversations on theology, like jumping. Okay, what what is the eschatology of of you know Daniel eight? Like, what does it mean? Like, what is this end times? Prophecy? Okay, that's a big word, right? What um, is eschatology? Uh, <laughs> Just briefly, <laughs> briefly, uh, uh, the end times. End times. Okay, I was gonna say you're yeah. using some big words here. I didn't yeah. go to school for this. Yeah. I'm a machinist. And so a lot of a lot of the times, what we do as Christians is we sit and we discuss these deep theological meanings, but we fail to act on them. Ah. And okay. so what we think might be an opportunity to discuss or, or really get more knowledge, it, it, it's a distraction from uh, Matthew 28. You know, go to all nations, uh, make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. And so, yeah, I, w- do you have anything to add there, Ryan? Um, well, actually, um, as we were talking, the passage that came to my mind was Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. And I have it um, open here, so I'll go ahead and read that. Um, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, NLT. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, 
let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially mm-hmm. the sin that so easily trips us up. Yeah. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. But I think it can be easy to forget that like we are running a race. Like, you know, we are fighting a fight, right? And and I know like yeah. um, obviously we all know that God will win the ultimate battle and he needs to be the one that fights our battles for us. Mm-hmm. What I'm talking about is running the race of life. Um fighting the the good fight that scripture says that we ought to fight. Yeah. And it can be easily to even let, I think the biggest distraction to any Christian, quite honestly, is sin. Because, yes, yeah. Yeah. we are saved. Yes, we are justified. We have put off the old man and uh, have become a new man or new woman, depending on who is listening. And uh, that, but that doesn't mean just because that's happened that we're automatically sinless, that we're automatically right. holy or without right. sin. And that uh, point's forgotten a lot, too, just from outsiders looking in from discussions I've had at work, you know, because they're, they're like, well, you do bad stuff, you do this, you do that. I'm like, yes, and, I, and I'm not justifying it, but, you know, there is forgiveness there mm-hmm. as long as your whole goal isn't I'm safe so then I can do whatever I want. Yeah. If that's yeah. your mindset, yeah. that's... We don't have a license to sin. Right. It, and yeah. I, I, one of my coworkers, you know, they wanted me to go to the bar and I've never been to one, but I assume get drunk or whatever. And I'm like, no, that's wrong. I, I don't want to do that. He's like, we'll just pray on it on Sunday. And I'm like, but uh, so I, during his break, he was perfectly fine with me for 10 minutes is explaining how Christianity is not a get out of jail free card. And at first he laughed. I said, as funny as that statement sounds, it isn't monopoly. It's not a, uh, I don't have to pay to get out of jail. It's a, it's a lifestyle change. And he's like, wow, I never thought of it that way. You know, I yeah. just, just knowing that, it's like, you know, sin distracts us every day. Don't let it become the actual core of who you are. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, there's some other stuff that may be wrong there too. Yeah, yeah. Paul talks about like the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit right and the fruit of the flesh is all those sinful acts but the fruit of the spirit you know love joy peace patience kindness goodness um and so uh, you know i think that's a that's a perfect example uh you know going back to that whole sin thing is you know when jesus was in the wilderness perfect example the devil tempted him three times you know turn this turn this these rocks into bread worship me uh cast yourself down from this hill and, and live and he, and he gives scriptural you know Satan gives scriptural references for those verses but then Jesus is like no this is sin like I'm not gonna like I have right Jesus knew his good work his good work was to die on the cross for our sins and be resurrected the third day and so he knew what his purpose was he, he knew what his calling was and he let it fuel him and he denied the distractions that the devil was giving to him he put away his, uh, you know, his uh, his flesh in, in that manner of being hungry, or wanting the kingdoms, right? Having everything, uh, you know, under the sun. Um, and, and he put it all away, and like that's that's such a, a perfect representation of, of how as Christians we should be living. Right. right. God has called us for something. Right. Ephesians two ten, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them Christ 
Jesus has called us to do something greater and we are constantly getting distracted from that whether it's sin or or our phones and, and like it doesn't have to be sin that distracts us right uh, as Christians it usually isn't right right um, it's usually things like uh, idle discussions idle talk uh, you know our phones buzzing whatever it might be you know um, stuff that, you'd never think about. stuff you'd never think about yeah um, yeah it's not sin isn't always the big ones even though they all have the same punishment but it's sin isn't just killing somebody or you know stealing something you know there's there's a lot of little stuff in there too is mm-hmm. wasting time can be a sin as well yeah for well, yeah and another thing with that is it's not well, the thing with sin is it's not so much what we do it is who we are because sin as like humans as fallen humans we're all fallen in adam our sin nature is woven into the very fabric of who we are as humans like sometimes we tend to think of something as sin that is outside of us but no like we we are not sinners because we sin we sin because we are sinners sin flows from who we are deep down inside and how truly depraved we are and how tight and powerful of a grip sin truly has on humans and that's why like even after we are saved and someone is justified in the name of jesus christ and is regenerated by the power of the holy spirit that's why that there's still that lingering effect of sin that's kind of like residual that's still left behind even though like through sanctification which means like that uh, process of becoming more and more like christ becoming more holy yes that will slowly start to like fall away and christians will improve they'll undergo increasing freedom becoming more and more like christ becoming more um i guess for lack of a better term holy in their living um even in things like their entertainment choices how they raise their children, how they treat their spouses, how they treat their co-workers, all of those things will gradually improve with time. And that's just evidence of the Holy Spirit's work of sanctification within the life of the believer. So um, um, I just thought of a question I think we should um, all answer here. So we've spent a lot on sin because that, in all honesty, that is the greatest spiritual distraction that we have. Sure. But it doesn't always have to be sinful if you get distracted. Am I wrong in saying that? I don't think all distraction is sin, I guess. Sure. Yeah, okay. no, you're right. Because like, if you're having a discussion about theology, you're not sinning by having a discussion on theology. Right. Okay. So I just want to make sure I wasn't incorrect before I go on to this. Yeah, well, well, I'll add something there. It, it depends on your heart. Like, like, what? What is the focus? Is, is the your... the focus is to, uh, whenever I have a discussion, I want to hear their side. I want to hear my side. Now, unless I think they're one hundred eighty percent wrong, I just want to hear both sides. Prevent present both sides, kind of like what we do on other episodes sure. here, and just hear each other out. It's not my goal. Isn't to bash you. Right. It's not to make you feel stupid. Right. It's not to sometimes not even to change your mind. It's good to have discussions because then you right. know when a something conversation comes up, mm-hmm. you at least are prepared for it. You at least right. heard it before. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, if you go into those discussions with, like, man, if they believe this, I'm going to argue it. Like, that's sin. Right? right. Like, that in itself is sin. It is going into it with, 
with evil intentions to, to cause an argument or, or, or disagreement. Or to cause um, divide right. between people. Um, what is that? Is it, uh, man, it's, I think it's in the book of James where um, to him who knows something is bad and he does it, it is sin. And so that's probably also, uh, also like another way to gauge whether or not it's sin is, excuse me, uh, can, I, can I glorify God in this? Right. Like in doing this. So, yeah. Right. Anyway, back to your question. So, let's let's ask Ryan first. So, Ryan, as you're walking through life, just a normal day um, on the job, what what is one thing that you can think of within this last week that that would have been a spiritual distraction? Right. Well, um, you know, as earlier we were talking about our uh, curved monitors and whatnot and how cool our computers are, um, Definitely, I think electronics is probably the absolute largest one. Um, like for me, I like to play video games. Like I wouldn't call myself like a gamer per se, but I do enjoy to play here and there. And at times, not all the time, but at times that can be a distraction. Now, is it sinful? I, I would say no. Now that also depends on the content of the video games you're playing sure. because, well, let's face right. it, we're living in 21st century United States. Yep. Pretty much, you can find, like, pornographic material almost anywhere today, even in, like, video games or YouTube videos or, you know, pretty much anywhere. So if it has something like that in right. it or, like, excessive, gruesome violence, um, like I, I think those can be problems. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, like, a prime example right there. So, so quick question, just, it's a little sidetrack. So I have GTA, it was free. A bunch of my buddies downloaded, but all we really do is we drive to the sewer and we play tag with our cars. Now, I'm not justifying having the game even. Is it sinful to play a sinful game or does it depend? Because, like, we're not doing anything but hitting each other's cars playing tag. You, you get, uh, so my question is, is it wrong to even have the game loaded or is it kind of depending on what your whole goal is while yeah. in there? Yeah. We can't get legalistic about this, right? Yeah, like this this, a... this isn't in scripture, right? I suppose. Um, like, there's no there's no Levitical law saying that you can't play GTA Five. In You're telling me that's not in the Bible. I'm telling you, it's not in the Bible. Sure Boy, it's in the message somewhere. That <laughs> I was Pro just gonna go you there. Know I think it's in the New World translation or the Joseph Smith translation. <laughs> <That's one>. But <laughs> and, and the reason I brought it up, you know, I'm not saying that's um, my conviction here. But a lot of people get stuck on it. Oh, GTA is a bad game. If you even, you know, look at the cover, yeah. you know, the whole legalistic thing—that's a distraction right there. Sure. Well, here's the thing: uh, Bible Bible calls us to not have any appearance of evil. So if if you, as a Christian man, walking and, and you are ambassador an ambassador to Christ, and you say, someone asks you, "Hey, wh what video games do you like to play as a Christian?" Or just like what video games you like to play, and they say you're, and you say you're a Christian, they know that, and you say, oh yeah, I like to play GTA Five with my buddies. Well, their first impression is gonna be like, well, GTA Five is like all about killing yeah. prostitutes on the street, stealing cars, and everything wrong, and killing everybody. And so, I mean, it's hard, like, you know, like, like, can I go on Reddit and and look at you know r slash Bible or r slash Christianity and and have discuss uh, you know good discussions in there when I know that the site is full of pornographic material. 
Oh, you know, I've never like, been on Reddit. Like, I, I think, I think you, I think you'd be okay. Honestly, yeah. I don't think it's sin, um, but there's the temptation there, right? Um, and it's ever, especially that game is just you know the, the temptation to run someone over with your car and laugh about it is there, and it, it might sound you know all fun and games, but like, man, it's it's desensitizing us to what's going on. I suppose you know, like we we read through the the news, and we can look at the bombings that are happening in Ukraine right now, and we're like. That's cool. I see that on Call of Duty all the time, so it's like no big deal. But there was like actual people dying there. Right. Like there are actual prostitutes being murdered on streets who don't know the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I don't, and like I said, I don't want to put legalism on, in it, but but a good question to ask yourself. It, it was about your witness at a, this point. Yeah, a really good gauge on whether or not it's sinful is can you give glory to God in that moment? And would you tell your pastor you play it? I honestly, if you wouldn't tell your pastor that you play a game, you probably shouldn't play it. Sure. Like I probably wouldn't tell my pastor that I even owned it GTA Five, even though I never paid for it. You know, so that's something to think about too. Whether or not you pay for it doesn't make it. I know. I, I don't. <laughs> well, my thing, I suppose. Sure. Uh, in my anyway. Yeah. No, I, I get. What you get thinking. what I okay. Yeah. Anyway, so we we got off on a sidetrack. I, I thought that was an important point. So Jacob. Uh, within the last week, what can you say was your single biggest uh, spiritual distraction? Man, that's a good question. Um, man, you know, oof. Hmm. man, it has probably been. phones up there but man I, I really think that you know and this is this is me confessing to the whole world right now all <laughs> five million listeners uh, but, oh, oh I don't know if that many uh, but you know it's it's probably self-righteousness in a, in a sense oh, um, as yeah. a distraction like like uh, just today you know I was sharing the gospel with somebody and they're an agnostic sort of pagan guy and I, was, and I kind of noticed this after the fact, but I was just listening to what he was saying, and I was like, you're so wrong. And every single, everything he said, I was like, you're so wrong, you're so wrong. You don't know the truth. And I was like, and I started to think, man, I, I'm so glad I'm not like him. But then it hit me like, the Pharisees, they prayed that. Like in the parable that Jesus uh, gave, um, you know about the tax collector and how he said god forgive me because i'm a sinner but the pharisee was like god i thank you that i'm not like the tax collector that i'm not like a sinner yeah and then jesus asked the question which one of them is justified definitely wasn't the pharisee right and so i think i think one of my biggest uh maybe maybe self-righteousness isn't the word but um inflated biblical knowledge it's almost uh inflated biblical ego in a sense, you, you know, a that's, slight that's, ego about that's, it. That's a good. That's a good term. Like it's, I've had the same. Like when I have discussions uh, with my buddy at work, he claims he's Catholic, not a good Catholic by any means. Sure, but um, you know, in, in my mind's like you're so wrong, even though I don't. You like, know, I don't have the knowledge base to prove it. It's it's like I I have the knowledge and you don't, and that's what makes me better. Right, and it's hard and it's hard yeah. to fight that, and and I've been nope. trying because yeah, I don't yeah. want to come across as I'm better than you, so listen to me because yeah. that doesn't get anywhere. Man, 
Yeah, that's a, that's a huge spiritual distraction right there. Because like, man, the the Pharisees that that said that uh, Jesus's healings were done by the works of Beelzebub, like man, they're in hell right now. Yeah. Right. He's Jesus said that's the only unforgivable sin, and you just said it to my face. And like, why was it such a big t big deal back then? Like, why were the Pharisees the way that they were? Because they got distracted. Yes. They got distracted by uh, legalism, by the law. By they got distracted rules. by their works rather than what the Lord had commanded them to do. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. So is somebody going to ask me the same question? Hey, Mitch. Uh, oh, wait, wait. We haven't heard Ryan in a while. Oh, yeah. Let's, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's all good. I was actually trying to find a Bible verse, but I can't find it. Do you have an idea of what it says? Okay, so it may not even mean the Bible. I just wanted to make sure. I heard it like in a Christian documentary recently. There's something along the lines of like, do not forget like the pit from which you once came. You know, like I, I, uh, I like, like is it Jake or Jacob? By the way, you can call me either one. Okay, cool. I'm sorry, but I just wanted to make sure. But yeah, like, you know, sharing the gospel with someone, and yeah, I've definitely, like, faced that myself, actually, like, talk, even with, like, another brother or sister in Christ, mm -hmm. and, like, hearing their point of view of, like, let's say theology, and being like, wow, like, that's biblical, that's wrong, or, like, I disagree with them, and being like, you know, and I can have, I can provide chapter and verse of why they're wrong, and all this and that, and kind of, like, you know, assert my theological dominance over them, so to speak. But really, like, I need to remember where I came from. That, like, you know what? And a lot of these people that I talk to, I hear what they're saying. And uh, I need to remember, you know what? I once believed what they're saying. I was once in that position. Mm -hmm. And I need to remind myself, okay, how when I was there, how would I have wanted someone to talk to me if I was in the position that they're in right now, if that makes sense? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, speak to them. Uh, how speak to them in that moment how I would have wanted to be spoken to when I was in their shoes once upon a time is like the so, point I'm trying to get at there mm -hmm. oh yeah so Ryan yes ask me what my distraction has been the last week so Mitchell in the last week what would you say has been one of your biggest spiritual distractions or rather distractions from spiritual things so my biggest one, it's been about two and a half, almost three weeks now. It's been a lot of anger. Sure. Because, uh, don't want to get too into it because I get pretty heated, but uh, there's this guy at work who's supposed to train me. He's not really doing his job, but they don't see it that way, so it all comes down on me. Due to lack of information, I ended up throwing a piece out of the lathe that almost killed me and another guy. And then be then I got blamed for it. They claimed I did it on purpose or I was lazy. Bunch of horrible things. And this was an hour after it happened. It's like that's anyway. Don't want to get too far into it. But uh, it's more of <clears throat> angry that they didn't take my side, and then they've been treating me terribly since. Mm -hmm. And that the guy who I know left information out, he acts as if it was okay, and that it was you know nothing was wrong with it and then continues to do that still and it's just it's just been rolling i haven't had good sleep I, you know I, I might get six to eight hours and i feel like i got four you know i haven't gone to bible study in two weeks i just can't get the energy to even hardly talk to people 
it's just it's it's been tough and it's been a big distraction from mm-hmm. literally not just spiritual stuff i mean just life in general yeah just been a drag for two and a half weeks now yeah thankfully i'm crawling out of it mainly because i found a new job so hopefully my employers don't happen to hear this before next tuesday when i tell them but um i got a new job it's a fresh start and i get paid more but (laughs) it's it's more of i don't have to go to work and dread it i don't have because you know i'll admit i have a bunch of sinful thoughts toward that person sure and it's hard not to and i'm not justifying it by any means i know it's wrong but it, it's it's been tough. I even I went to CCF last week. I guess it was two weeks ago now. And one of my best friends, Carson, down here, he, he talked to me. That's when uh, we discussed, I think. No, no, that was last week. Anyway, I uh, talked to him, and he's like, Mitch, you are really off today. Normally, I pick up if somebody's, you know, it's kind of yeah. my sixth sense. I can tell if, you know, something's wrong, and I'll go talk to him. And I... I like to think I'm a great actor, really not. But um, and he's like, dude, you're way off today. I said, oh, is my acting not working? He's like, no, <laughs> what is wrong? So I laid it out on him. He's like, oof, that's the only thing he could say. He's yeah. like, wow. Yeah, um, and I, I would say own 100% of your 2%. Do you know what I mean by that? Uh, no. Own 100% of your 2% of your fault in that. So like let's say you did oh, gotcha. let's say you did throw that piece off there, you say, oh, you you own one hundred percent of that two percent. Yes, I admit I'm yeah. the one that. Yeah, I I I did yeah, that. I did that. I didn't realize that that's not how it's done. I apologize, uh, and then you go at it from, like Christ calls us to be a peacemaker, right? Uh, he said, "Blessed are the peace what makers, not takers, not keepers, right? We're not called to keep the peace or." No, we're called to make peace with everybody um, that you know that we have problems with, and so you know with that, um, you know you own your the one hundred percent of your two percent every time, even if it's only two percent or one percent or point five percent, you own all of it, and then you pursue like maybe you aren't being trained well, and you know I don't know what your conversations with your coworker were like, but y- you could simply say, hey, I feel like I'm not being trained adequately. Can you sort of help me reconcile this? Like, I want to be good at my job, and I notice that I'm slacking, or or that I'm falling behind, or or that others are noticing. Can you show me how I'm supposed to do this well, so I can be a better employee? Most people, if you if you put it in that sense, will probably help you out. And even going to your supervisor and just like pulling them aside after talking to the person that's training you. And if they refuse, then you talk to your supervisor and, you know, you say something like, hey, listen, I, I brought this up to the person who's supposed to be training me. He he didn't say, or he just kind of disregarded it. I don't feel like I'm getting adequate training, and I feel like I'm putting other people at jeopardy, i.e. the situation that just took place not right. too long ago. I, I, I want to be good at this job. And, and although that you're, you know, you're changing jobs, but, like, that's, that's the way to go about it, right? Like, the sort of distraction... And kind of bring it back to the point is like that that sort of thing um, really is the issue there is pride right and like I probably should have asked you to to kind of punch you a little bit on that one but like like the issue there is pride right 
and and it happens to all of us and that's a huge distraction like theological pride like that's what the pharisees have had that's what i struggle with a lot um but like i'm trying to do my best i'm not getting trained it's all me centric right instead you could you could do it go at it humbly like i want to be better at this job right i want to work every job as if i'm working for the lord all right which is hard to do, to be it, honest. It is incredibly it, difficult to especially do. Especially when it's not a ministry field, too. And I'm not saying ministry is easy by any Call, means. Dude. I, I volunteered for um, CEF, you know, that just, even though you're just working with children, there's still a handful. But, like, when you're in an industry where everyone swears because they can and they don't, you know, it's just, it's the only words that they know, I think. You know, and amongst other things, you know, it's even, I think, I would say it's even harder Cause, I mean, even yeah. to be a witness, it's hard just because, yeah. you know, it's it's not a field for it, Yeah. which is weird saying every field is a field for ministry, but... You know what's crazy, though? Yeah. What? Here, here's what's crazy. God has placed the entire company that you work for as your responsibility to be the minister of the gospel there. Oh, no, you just filled me with guilt here. No, that's not guilt. That's... <laughs> Because I didn't do my job. Like, like the like. Any, this, this is for everyone listening too. Like, if you're in a job that just sucks, and there are no Christians there, let me tell you, the amount of gospel conversations that I had working at Domino's, uh, as to now working at uh, the church, dramatically decreased. Because yeah. when you're around Christians all day, you don't get to have those. Because I've had a lot just. Mainly with one person, but with a couple at work. Yeah. I, I have them every day. <clears throat> Especially when I was on night shift, we talked all... I really hope my employers aren't listening. We talked about all night, you know, all 10 hours. Now it's just, I see them only for an hour, but... Yeah. You know, just having them discussions. I mean, you don't get that with fellow Christians, because we already know the good news. Right. You, don't, you don't get to share the gospel, but... Like, that's for anyone in a workplace. Like, uh, Ryan, you said you work at... Um, a, a, you're a caregiver at a facility for... Uh, special needs individuals. Um, well, actually, it's not really a facility. I actually pick them up and take them out into the community. But yeah, yeah. gotcha. Oh, okay. yeah. And when I worked at a nursing home, uh, you know, granted, I wasn't necessarily saved or follow. I wasn't walking with Jesus. I trusted in Him for my salvation, but I definitely wasn't living like it. Um, you know, uh, the language and the, uh, this is the same in healthcare, nursing homes. Like, people who give care, the majority of them probably shouldn't be. Uh, from my experience of working at two separate facilities, one in college and then one at home, um, like, those are the perfect places for, you know, uh, for sharing the gospel, right? Those, those work environments where people are swearing, where everyone's angry all the time, um, you know, it's just, uh, like, that... That is the mission that we have. Share the gospel, make disciples. Anything other than that, that doesn't further that mission is a distraction. And so one thing to ask yourself, are you making your job a distraction? <laughs> like, are you not? Yeah. Um, so Ryan. Oh, yeah. Yes, Mitchell. Oh, sorry. Uh, um, we're getting close to the time, we're technically a little bit over, which is fine. I love good discussions, but, but I don't, don't want to go too long. You don't want to go for three hours? Um, I've had an hour and a half one, and people have told me it's best to keep it a little bit shorter. Cause... Oh, dude. I listen to Concrete Podcasts all the time. Those things are like four hours long. Oh, gosh. 
But uh, I was just going to say, Ryan, um, just real briefly, I mean, you don't have to skip points or means, but what is a good way we can remedy, or like, not remedy, but like, do away with or deal with some distractions? To, right. to, uh, or, yeah, I guess I'll leave it at that. I don't not ask the question right, I suppose. Right, right. Well, um, one quick note, and I do, I, I promise I will make this quick, but I think another distraction we kind of missed, like, especially like, I think this applies to Jake and I, but, you know, Mitchell, you, I know you and I both worked in CEF, so I think you could probably look at it this way too, but I think even ministry itself can be a distraction, like, you're so focused on doing ministry and ministering Mm -hmm. to the needs of people that you neglect the, um, I hesitate to use the word self-care, but really that's what it is, like, pouring into yourself spiritually, like, digging into God's word and be like, okay, how am I feeding myself? Yeah, that that's the term. We're feeding myself through the Word of God yeah. and looking to learn from the Master. But anyway, um, I, that's something we should, I think everyone, every Christian should be mindful of. Ministry itself can be a distraction. But as far as like remedying um, these things that become distractions, um, I know one thing I've done in the past is um, back when I was like more into, well, kind of like my interest in video games has fluctuated over the years like there'd be sometimes where i play every single day and then before you know it it's been like you know a week or two before i've played anything and but whenever i have um, one thing my wife suggested is like you know set a timer for that you know because not that those things are bad but if you're spending like you know three or four hours a day playing video games like that's a little much. And then before you know it, it's like 2 a.m. And you're like, well, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. And I'm too tired to read my Bible. I didn't have time today. It's like, well, no, you did have oh, time. Yeah. You just wasted oh, it. Yeah. You're okay. speaking to me, man. You're speaking yeah, to me. yeah, exactly. Or like whether it's like binging a show on Netflix or Hulu or whatever <laughs> streaming service or thing you use to watch TV. You know, like, honestly, my yeah. big thing, I'm not a big social media guy, but my biggest time waster that i probably have in my life right now is probably youtube <laughs> i love there's several channels i follow and i love watching their content and some of that content yes is beneficial to me spiritually right but you know some of it is also just like you know again like pure entertainment so. you are hitting all of the all of the spots here ryan which no, is a no, good yeah. thing yeah, and, so and, like, it's, and it's not to to guilt trip you by any means. To you guys listening, it, this is this is not an episode to make you feel guilty, because like, I used the word guilt earlier. Um, but it, it's not to make you feel guilty. It's to help you be aware, yeah. So you know where the distraction is and how you can eliminate. I'm not saying you can eliminate all of them, because good grief, yeah. it's hard to eliminate one sometimes. Yeah. But like, try to eliminate some. Mm-hmm. Right. And right. I, and I think that might be a remedy too. Focus on one. Don't focus on all of them. It's like uh, when you have a test, do you focus on every question or do you go one at a time? Exactly. That, yeah. And that, you know what? If it's necessary to like delete an app off of your phone for a set yeah. amount of time or something like that, fine. Do that. If it's if that's what's necessary. If you need to set a timer for something, do that. And Or if you need to set a number, like for me and my YouTube videos, like maybe say, okay, I'm only going to watch like three today or something like that. And it's not going to be, oh, just one more, oh, just one more. Like, you know, eventually you guys say enough is enough. Unless it's Mitch in the Kitsch episodes. Dude, you can watch yeah. all of those that you want. Well, yeah, one thing, one thing that I would recommend if you're, if you're specifically struggling with like technological uh, distractions like cell phone, 
I have I have an iPhone, and one thing I really love about iPhones is they have the screen time. Yes. Uh, not just so that we're aware of how much time we're using, but guilt trip of the um, week. I call no, it. no, like I don't even get reports. Here's here's what happens. Oh. My pastor has set up a password that I don't know for my screen time on my phone. Really? And so every night at 11 o'clock p.m., my phone shuts off. Like all of the apps except for phone call, like the phone app, FaceTime shut off. Uh, Just the uh, only things that are available are the phone app, my messenger app, uh, and then Bible or scripture resources. Interesting. uh, Maps if I'm, you know, if I'm driving somewhere. But Monday through Friday, well, Friday's not because it's weekend, but Monday through Thursday, uh, phone shuts off at 11, doesn't go back on until 7 a.m. And so when I wake up early, when I, I've been terrible with waking up, that's another distraction of sleep for me. Um, you know, when I try to get up at 5.30 in the morning, there's an hour and a half that I can't like go on Facebook or Instagram or Snap, whatever it is. And so like okay. that time is specifically just devoted to prayer. Another way to really just cut out distractions that are separate from your call uh, that God has called you to, it's really, this is a really complicated one, and I saved the best for last, but uh, this is one that people struggle with the most. You ready for it? Brian, are you ready for it? I'm ready. I suppose I am too, then. It's called The Art of Saying No. Yep. Yeah, I've heard of it. Like, people don't know how to say no, right? And it's not mean right no is a complete sentence all the right i went to college for biology i didn't go to school for for english so i know that no is a complete sentence well, which no did you use there you used two of them oh man <laughs> no i'm and, sorry uh, and that uh, was mean very very short right <laughs> like no is a complete sentence and so if people are asking you to do something that's distracting you like like you said hey come to the bars with us no you don't have to give an explanation for that. See, it's hard, though. It is, it's but, hard but here's not the thing. To. Here's the thing. Uh, and, and, and you can say, I mean, you can make it like, hey, man, uh, I don't like the bars. Why don't we meet for coffee instead sometime? You know, that's, that's, a, that's a way to switch it around. But like three times, like we had talked about, Jesus said no in the garden. Oh. Nehemiah said no like oh. five or six times. Um Man, there, there are plenty of other biblical examples. And when you don't say no, when you don't say no to distractions, look at what happens. What happens yeah. to David? David ended up losing a child because of a sin with Bathsheba. What happened to David? His, his entire line was cursed. Whose? David's. His entire bloodline, like the kings after him, was cursed. Uh, well, I guess it was from Solomon. But when he didn't say no to this taking of the military census when uh, Solomon didn't say no to his fleshy urges to, to have thousands and thousands of concubines and worship their gods, right? All these things happened because they didn't say no. Right. Because they were distracted. Uh, and so distractions... Even if it's a good thing, like one of my friends down there, I'm not going to name him, but I think Jay would probably figure him out. He's always, in my opinion, way too busy. Because he always says yes to everything. Because he wants to help as many people as possible. But then he doesn't save time for his friends. Which I'm not saying I'm more important than the other stuff. But he doesn't save time for his friends. He hardly has time for himself. And all that stuff. It's like, at some, even if it's a good thing, like even if it's volunteering somewhere, somebody asks you to help out with something. If you're taking away, because your friends are important. 
your scripture yeah, honestly, is important. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, I would say time management is probably the number one tool you have against like the time wasters and the things that could yeah. be like good or bad distractions. Uh, when it comes to sin distractions, though, I'd say your number one thing to go to to eliminate that would be the Word of God. Like yeah. One thing my parents always told me growing up over and over was, Ryan, either sin will keep you from the Bible or the Bible will keep you from sin. Yeah. And my, how true that is. It is so true. Um, man, I was going to say one more thing. It was so good, too. What were you talking about? What were you just saying? Uh, saying no, even if they're good things, say no. Oh, yeah, yeah. How can you pour from an empty cup? See, I, I ran into that a yeah. little bit. In college, um, I led a Bible study. And then um, most of my group, like, they had knowledge. But it was more of um, they didn't feel comfortable leading ever. It was a lot of me pouring out, which I had no problem with. Yeah. But then I never, in a sense, got refilled. Yeah. I ended up going to a retreat that really helped with that and yeah. a couple other things. It's I, I did experience that. It's like, not that it's a bad thing, but yes, when the cup is empty, yeah, it's empty. Yeah. But, um, I have one last thing. One, one last thing, make quick. So, yeah, <laughs> so uh, Ryan, you mentioned time management. Um, a really good resource that I found just mo monumental in a in, clock in ministry. Is, oh. is not time management. Uh, are you familiar with Craig Rochelle of Life Church? I am familiar with Craig Rochelle. Yes, he has a he has a leadership podcast that comes out the first Tuesday of every or first Thursday of every month. People who are listening, I highly recommend it. It's great. wow, promoting other. It's podcasts one time a month, man. You can listen to multiple <laughs> podcasts, uh, but it's a podcast <laughs> called The Art of Energy Management. Oh, because th there are twenty four hours in a day, every day of every week, of every month, of every year, right? Every, you know. But the, the thing that doesn't change is time, but what changes from week to week is our energy, correct? Right. Some Mondays are a struggle. Most Mondays. Most, mo all Mondays for me are a struggle, <laughs> right? Uh, mornings are always a struggle. Well, here's, here's the thing how to solve that. You start your week and your day with things that re-energize you. Uh, For me, that's building things. It's creating, right? Legos? Legos, building with Legos for an hour before work would energize me. Like, I love that. Um, but I would highly recommend listening to that. It's the art of energy management from Life.Church Resources. If I remember, I will link it in the description. Yeah. Um, but, but my editor is really lazy. I don't pay him enough. Yeah, He's I'm, also me. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's not about time management, managing your time. It's about managing your energy because you can have all the time in the world, but if you don't have the energy to do it, you're not going to get it done. Right. So this was a great discussion, guys. Yeah, I love it. And this. there was no good way to introduce our sponsor for today's video. Zero good way. So, which Mitchell, is a good who thing. is our sponsor for today's video? Well, I'm glad you asked, Ryan, because there was no prompts to do that. Um. <laughs> Our sponsor today, and this is definitely not me, guys, but our sponsor today is Mitch the Kitch. Uh, they're a YouTube channel. Their goal is to provide easy meals for college kids, along with a few exceptions to that, which are fancier meals. They do have some merch left. They got a few oven mitts left for sale. You can check them out on Instagram and on YouTube at Mitch in the Kitch. Definitely, we are not the same person. 
Definitely not. Oh, right, oh, right, yeah. right. Ryan, I think they're the same person. I know they're the same person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not sponsoring my own podcast because I lost the other actual sponsorship I had. No, no way Mitch. that's I going mean, on. Mitchell, Mitchell. <laughs> definitely not in the catch. <laughs> what is the meal of the day? Or, excuse me, what does Mitch in the catch say the meal of the day is? The meal of the day? Yeah. For today or for tomorrow? Because it's yeah. too late to well, eat today. I'd say for tomorrow. It's the too meal late the... today. I'm yeah. going home to make some mac and cheese right now. It's... No, see, that's not the meal. I mean, the meal of the day today, uh, from Mitch, Mitch and Kitch told me this as part of the sponsorship deal. <clears throat> it would be ham and noodles. You got ham. ham noodles. You got noodles. noodles. <laughs> but <laughs> there's more to that. Clip he it. actually has a video on it. There's this, so you, you, obviously you make your noodles, right? I know that the time is there. Yeah. I understand. It's fine. It's long episodes are great. So you, you make your noodles like normal. You, uh, fry your ham in a skillet and then it's a combination. You make this, uh, it's not a dressing. It's like a sauce for it. Sure. Out of like, it has some ranch, sour cream, a lot of butter. Oh, that's calorie. Dense. And, uh. And a lot of Parmesan cheese. Mix that all together. Put the noodles, ham, and that all in a pot. Add way more additional uh, Parmesan cheese to your taste. And cheap meal, really good meal. I'd call that meal of most days, to be honest. All-time favorite. Nice. All right. So if you're looking to make some noodles and ham, I may have to check that out myself. Go check out Mitch in the Kitch. Yes. Yeah. Hey, Hey, boys. It's been such a pleasure being here uh ryan love what you're doing uh keep up the good work love to get connected talk about ministry uh, hey same here brother uh mitchell you have to connect us somehow yes we will not be sharing phone numbers over the po- uh podcast but we will yeah, after you can fact. reach me okay out. but i'll give you my social well, I, I, security I, 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 it's one two three <laughs> <laughs> you, you can reach me at 1-800-need-him that's 1-800-need-him <laughs> Well, anyway, thank you guys for listening. I know this was an extra long episode today, but hey, I had two amazing people on. Awesome. And it was a really good discussion that I think we all needed. Yeah. So I I know I needed it, so I'm glad he came up with the topic. So I'm like, wow, this is one that's going to hit home. So. All right. Uh, Any closing thoughts? That'll take less than 20 seconds. Man, the only closing thought I have is stay blessed. Keep an eye out for the enemy. Yep. Amen. Exactly. Keep an eye out for the enemy. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Amen, brother. And everyone, have a wonderful day.